welcome to another episode of the Men's Wear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. On this episode, I'm going to talk to Claudio Diamore, the founder of Code 41. Code 41 was created by a Swiss watch design workshop founded by Claudio Diamore. In a little over 12 years, the workshop had the honor of working with around 40 watchmaking brands, including Tag Heuer, Parmigiani, Montblanc, Oris, Eberhard, and Hortlands. In 2016, 889 founding members joined the adventure by financing the project for a crowdfunding campaign on Kickstarter. They share everything, the origin and costs of parts, development and strategy, as well as the ups and downs of a startup. They address sensitive subjects like overseas production, inflated prices and the grey market and distribution networks. And you can find out more about Code 41 through their website, code41watches.com. And here is Claudio Diamore to tell the story. I'm based in uh, Switzerland, so we are a, a Swiss watch brand. Uh, myself, I was, I was trained as a designer, product designer, but uh, quite quickly I turned to, to design mostly watches. And uh, then in 2016, I launched my own brand, which is called Code 41. And Code 41 is, is a bit different than the, the, the usual watch brand because we, we work mainly on the uh, internet. But what makes it special is because we decided to go in total transparency. So meaning we, we explain everything about the origin, about the cost, and also, we share all the process so that the, the community we have can uh, can participate to all the design process and the strategy also. So we share the steps for a new project. And uh, each month, there is one new chapter uh, until we get to the prototypes and then the pre-orders. So people can really be in the journey with us to develop the watch Fascinating. And can you just take us back to the beginning and, and talk a little bit about the Kickstarter campaign? Because uh, I guess around about five years ago, it was quite a popular thing for, uh, for watch brands, especially. What was it that was different about your campaign that you think captured people's imagination? I think this is really this, um, this process of participating to the, to the development of the watch and of the company because we didn't just came to the to the campaign, the Kickstarter campaign with the product, but uh, nine months before that, we we were already sharing all the 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 story about what we we wanted to do, and people basically they build everything with us until the the, the campaign started. So this is where we are special, is because they. It's not just a watch they bought. They, it's a watch that they they participated creating, and this is what made the difference from the Kickstarter campaign. But also, what is important because usually when you make a Kickstarter campaign, uh, it's very difficult for for brands to 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 continue on the years after that to develop a real business. Right, and this is, I think this is where we are successful because we did the campaign. But then the big challenge was to to continue four or five years after that, and uh, we succeeded by still working on this uh, communication story and sharing everything with the community, and also, of course, developing projects which uh, are watchmaking, but very um, focused on high quality products 
we don't want just to create one more round watch as you always see on this campaign mm-hmm. we wanted to create something very special so we developed our whole movements uh mechanical it's uh it's swiss made but really swiss made you know like we have a uh, it's not the label it's really made in switzerland for the movement that we made for ourselves and all this made that we we grow very well on these last uh, years interesting and so you before launching this brand worked with um, many different watch companies designing different designs and and uh, kind of products with other brands what were the cherries that you took from that life that past existence into code 41 yes before um from 2005 uh, i launched uh, a design studio and mm-hmm. i was I was working with the most of uh, the, the Swiss brands for for designing different uh, type of watches. Uh, so of course, it's uh, you can understand how it works usually. So it was interesting to see that most of the projects were made out of of uh, briefings. You know, a briefing that was looking at the past and at the competitors. So it was always very conservative and. Uh, this, I think, is a problem for the Swiss watchmaking because they they don't take enough risk. So it, it it has always been a bit boring. And I think what what was interesting when I launched my own brand was to say, okay, if I need to, if I want to do watches, I just want to do something that is special mm. and uh, that is not just looking backwards and saying, okay, this worked for others, so I'm going to do the same. And uh, this is, I think, where there is space for creativity in watchmaking and it's very important to do it. This is uh, what I learned most, just go out of uh, what is made by others. Also, so you've launched the Kickstarter campaign. It's been, a, it's been a terrific success. What were your goals for the campaign and did it not just hit the market, went above and beyond, right? Yes. I mean, of course, when you, when you launch a Kickstarter campaign, when you have no, um, no background, you, you never know exactly where you go. Mm. But... Um, we were really happy to see that people that followed us for nine months on the development of the products and the brand uh, followed us when it was the moment to to, to pay for the watch. <laughs> so this was a good surprise, and uh, so it was a it was really a good kickstart, you know, as a, to to start this business and then uh, build on what we we learned for uh, not only the campaign but the the nine months that uh, were before the campaign. Yeah. And you said that people can be involved with the journey and the design process. Were they able to put any input into the design themselves? Yeah, yes, of course. That's the goal uh, of every project. Uh, when we, I mean, at the, at the time, we really started with a, with a um, show one first design. And from there, then people say, okay, I like this. I don't like that. We made vote. Right. And uh, slowly we, we improved the design until the, the end when we, we got the, the the prototypes, and this this is still something we do. I mean, if we, when we have a new project, uh, we maybe have uh, two or three different ideas of projects. Like it could it could be a chronograph, it could be a tourbillon, whatever. First, we ask, okay, what shall we do next? Uh, and then, when we have a good um, a good feedback from the community about what kind of project we start first design then feedbacks we modify we make colors research and uh, each time people can vote and comment right and that's 
that's pretty unique, isn't it? Because not only are you, like you say, involving people within the narrative of the watch and the journey, but you're also kind of designing for a, a customer that you know is going to be there at the end. So you're not going to launch a product completely blank. Or it's a bit like, I guess, making a film, not knowing what the audience are going to think and just releasing it and hoping people are going to like it versus having a lot of people involved in, in, the, in the production and going, well, where do you think this should go? And then when you release the film, you know it's going to be, at least it's going to hit the audience and the right marks at the right times. Yes, but it's, it's true. It's a, it's a, I think it's a big problem today of uh, uh, whatever brand produces products. It could be in every not only in watchmaking uh usually you know you need to you go blind you and also you think it's important just to keep everything secret so you develop in your own um, studio and then you make prototypes and when you are ready then you make a launch of the product and you you pray that what you produced will be uh will be sold mm. uh, i think it's we do everything the opposite which is more logical of course first we share the story with people so we know that when they are involved in the story, uh, that we are quite correct in terms of what we are creating. And then even that, when we when we are ready with proto- prototypes and products, we make still now, it's not through Kickstarter, but we made through our website, we make uh, pre-orders. Mm. So we don't produce watches before they are sold. So we make pre-orders for 30 days and then we see how many pieces they've been sold and we launched the production afterwards. So of course they need to wait a few months before receiving the watch. Mm. But overall, I think people are ready just to, um, to wait and to, you know, to be, to get excited about waiting for their, the little present. And plus we, we created something special because when you buy the watch and you need to wait, there is maybe uh, six to nine months to wait. Then we, here again, share the production uh, steps every month. They get an update on with videos or photos or interviews of the watchmaker. So they are producing the watch with us. It's like they come with us to the suppliers to see the progress of the watch. Nice. And people love this. Uh, uh, it's not that they buy a product anymore. They buy a journey. It's, I think it's more a journey than, than a product. People just like to have the stories to tell about garments. I mean, I'm massively into uh, films and kind of watches that appear in films and costumes, etc. And some costumes, I mean, if you were just to hold them up or wear them, then they're obviously just another bit of clothing or maybe just another watch. But to say that it's from a certain film or, you know, a certain actor might have worn a watch somehow ameliorates whatever it is, because there's a story behind it. And I think people just really like the stories behind the things that they wear, as opposed to maybe just a label or a brand, if that makes any sense. Yes, yeah. I agree. And I think it's, it's worse for every other product, so not only watches, but I think people, uh, I mean, of course, it has to be, it's, you're not going to do this with, the, uh, with every day, I mean, little objects. But when you talk about watches, something that has, emotional attached to it i think mm. it's important that people can be part of the the product and say to friends you know uh, i participated to create the watch uh, i voted for this crown to these pushers and uh, mm. it feels much more um, powerful than just selling a product and i think that looking at the website which 
and the watches on the website people can find by the way code41watches.com it's almost like the watch has a reflection of the brand's ethos because it's uh, very transparent in the way that you can see that entire exoskeleton and the workings of the watch can you just talk a little bit about that please and the some of the inspirations of the design from your part yes i mean i have um, always loved uh, the the mechanical part of the watchmaking and uh, i was a bit frustrated also with the projects i had as, as a designer because most of the time you have a um, yeah, quite boring watches where the you have a plain dial where, where the, the, the mechanical is uh, hidden. And uh, I wanted to really to create watches where you can see the mechanical because it's uh, so magical to see this, uh, these wheels, mm. these this, uh, engineered pieces. And usually people love all these, um, yeah, this, this magical part of the watch, which is all most of the time hidden. So that's why on our watches, we have uh, made movements where you have no dial, like mm -hmm. the X41 watch, for example. So it's a skeleton. You can see everything inside. You can really sometimes stay five minutes, 10 minutes, just looking at <laughs> every component's moving. And it's, uh, it's not about reading time. We don't need mechanical watches to read time. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, it's we... absolutely not... Uh, we got the sun in the sky and we got our iPhones and that's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, mechanical watches, they are not, they are not here to show time. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, they don't, they, because they are, yeah, a microwave would be much more precise than a mechanical watch. Crazy. So right? it's, <laughs> it's not, it's just, a, it's just an excuse to say, okay, I buy a product, but it's more like a jewelry. It's a bit, it's the only jewelry for men, I think. Mm. that really you can um, people get passionate about it yeah so yeah. and and build a collection as well uh, do you have a collection <laughs> brewing yourself i have a few a few watches of course yeah mm -hmm. and i think it's uh, i'm not collectioner mm -hmm. but i like I, I like nice products so it's also part of the the game to get some uh, some nice watches and to yeah, I've got a collection of very, very cheap watches. <laughs> well, that's good also. <laughs> I mean, my caveat is, is that I'm passionate about watches, but I, I don't have the budget as I, I'd like to have the aspirational watches, I should say. Yeah, it gets very quickly, very high. But this is also another aspect of what we are trying to do. Of course, we, we cut the middleman, but uh, we... I mean, what we propose, like uh, we, we are launching in um, in a few days now the, the, the chronograph that we made. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's very, uh, again, a movement that we created from, uh, not from scratch, because of course there is a, a, base, a base that we modified. But it's our whole movement that we, nobody else can do the same. We have a rotating peri perifer peripheral weight that is mm. on um, on the dial which is very uh, rare. And of course, we are going to propose it around uh, 3,000 euro, which usually it's something more like 20, 25,000. You know, usually yeah. it gets very high. So the goal is also just to be transparent, to explain what it costs, mm. to explain how much we will need to make it um, uh, worth doing for us. I mean, that is... Uh, uh, how do you say uh, rentable in French? You say, but 
that you can say, okay, we need this margin to yeah, make it to make it worth our time, worth our while. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. So there is no like uh, marketing positioning where we say, okay, this is a chronograph. We, we can sell it 20,000. So we sell it there. No, we are really close to our community and say we are fighting to get the best price. And then we explain the price to you and you can get it very um, affordable. And it's, I mean, it's, of course, it's not the goal to do affordable watches, but just a bit more accessible right yeah yeah accessible but just it's not the goal to just uh, make margins because we could sell it higher mm. we just want to say okay we fight together to get the best watch mm. um we fight for the good prices because also we try to make bigger volumes and then we propose uh, very high high-end watches uh, where people could not usually, you know, they, they dream about these watches for other brands, but they can get them uh, with our concept. And it's really interesting as well. People can go on the website, like I did earlier, to have a look at the weight that you were talking about. So this weight where it kind of goes up and down on the periphery of the dial case, whereas previously it would be like a complete half moon, wouldn't it, across the watch? that you'd need to yes. have something like that. So it would be, it would kind of defeat the point. It would, it would block out all of what you wanted to see, but now exactly. that, in, that it's entirely exposed because that's just now going around like the rim of the rim of the watch, which is uh, quite fascinating. Have, have I got that right? Is this the X41 that's coming out or is that? Uh, no, X41. So this was um, the very skeleton watch that we, that came out two years ago. And the but new one is coming out. Sorry, it's, it's NNB twenty four. NB twenty four, and it's going to be a chronograph, but as also uh, X forty one has also this peripheral weight, but this time on the chronograph we made peripheral weight, but on on the the dial uh, side. Right. Okay. Which you can see, it's good because it's nice because you don't need to turn around your watch to see this. You can see it from uh, from the front view. Yes, yeah. And then you can just throw your wrist and just show it to people. <laughs> you don't have to take the exactly. watch off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> exactly for that. And so can you just talk us through what the origin of the, of the costs are, the development and the strategy and kind of the markups? I know people would be interested in um, how much it costs versus how much it costs them to buy as well. So uh, usually when you have a standard uh, distribution with the, with the distributor and retailers, the, the markups will be about six times the, the production cost. Mm. Um, from our side, since we cut the, the, the middleman and everything, we, uh, on the chronograph that we will launch on the 27th, uh, it's going to be a markup of 2.3. So mm. the... Now I don't have the numbers exactly, but I think it's around 1,500 euro production cost, mm. uh, where the movement actually is the, the big, biggest part, of course, which is uh, manufacture movement, and it's, it's going to be around 1,000 euro. Right. And uh, when you apply a 2.3 multiplicator, then it gets um, to around 3,000 euro. 3,000, 3,500 euro. Okay. And there's a waiting list for this one as well, I presume. Uh, on this one, it's going to be the first launch. So we didn't open a waiting list. Basically, we open a waiting list for uh, 
second edition, third edition, after mm -hmm. the first project has been launched. And this one is really the first, we call it the creator edition, right. because basically people that will uh, buy a watch on this campaign, they will be creators of the project. So it's a creator edition and they get, they get um, a number, number watch with creator edition written on it. Nice. They become create, creators of the watch and they get some uh, privilege for our next project. So it's very, very important to, to launch this. Uh, the, first, uh, the, the first campaign is always launching the, 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 the project. It could be also that we don't have enough orders and then the project uh, doesn't go into production. That's right. the, the whole principle of the concept. If there is enough then we produce. If not, we don't produce it. So basically for this one, we should have at least 300 pieces to, to decide to produce it. Great. Well, I'm very excited to learn about the new launch. I can't wait for it to come out. And it's on the 27th of this month. So potentially by the time people hear this, you'll have to go and rush over to uh, the website, which is code41watches.com. And also, if you want to have a look at the journey, don't forget to pop over to Instagram. It's uh, code41watches over on the Instagram channel there. Just saying also that the campaign's got, uh, it's, it's uh, on 30 days. Mm. So, of course, there is, um, usually the first hours are very uh, hectic because they, people there get crazy about really going on in the first watches because there is also a, a delivery deadline that will be shorter. Uh, there, is a, there is batches. Uh, we cannot produce every watches in one go. So that's why people, they get crazy on the first hours. Ah, I see. Right. Yeah. It's sometimes uh, it makes the, um, the servers crash. Uh, crash, crash sorry. <laughs> oh, no. and we had some problems with servers that crashing in, uh, in the few hours because too many people were connected together oh, so now wow. we try to increase the server that we can uh, avoid these kind of problems but we had some troubles well Claudio I'm really excited for you mate congratulations on getting the brand to where it is today I think the watches look terrific thank you very much <laughs> Thank you, Claudio, and thank you for tuning into this episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. If you like what you hear, why not leave a review? It does help our egos. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode and all content pertaining to fashion, watches, travel, and lifestyle over at www.menswearstyle.co.uk, and we're on the social at Menswear Style. If you want to be a guest on the show and tell us about your brand and your journey, you can email us here at info at menswearstyle.co.uk.